the longer you're there, the more toxic it is, and it's got an accumulative effect. Um, and and just simply like you said, being in a place where there's, there's the nutrition isn't present, the ability to sleep isn't present, the ability to even relax, like you can't let your guard down when you're incarcerated because at any second something could happen and might and probably will. And whether it's coming from a guard or somebody next to you or some unknown, who knows, um, you're, you're on a sense of high alert all the time. And, and the cost of that, the cortisol levels being constantly taxed, I believe is, is hugely detrimental to our immune system. Got a lot of love. Yeah, that's for sure. Got music and movies and friends and medicine. Yow! Is the show for me and you. The one you love to listen to. And oh, you got your friends. See it through. Seek laughter is medicine too. Said it's medicine to be. Welcome to the Windy Love Edge Show, brought to you by Karis Healthcare and the Relevant app. We don't dispense medical advice, and all your health choices are your own. And the opinions expressed on the show are not necessarily those of a producer, uh, A-Edge Productions. This is Season 6, Episode 4, Prisons, Health, and Wellness. And I'm Wendy Love Edge, and this is my co-host, Brandon Lee. Yes, or Prison Mike. We can do Prison Mike. Oh, there you go. There you go. I know. I was saying to you, this is such a serious subject, but we can still have a little bit of levity, I think. Well, of course. And I, I, we all know that it's a serious subject. I think you were just telling me some facts off of air and, um, and how many people are dealing with this and families. So oh, I think yeah. it, it touches all of us in some way or another, I think, uh, the prison system and, uh, and the way things go. I think so. I mean, we have the largest incarcerated population in the entire world here in the United States. Land of it's, the free. It's, right, right. And I, I will, I want to read some of those statistics for people in, in case they're not aware of the scope of the problem. Um, so according to the Bureau of Justice statistics from June 2021, 22.5% of jail inmates are serving time for violent offenses. So that's only 22.5%. 46% are there for nonviolent property or public order offenses. Um, and according to the Prison Policy Initiative, there are over 10.6 million people admitted to jail each year, enough to fill a line of buses bumper to bumper from New York to San Francisco. That is insane. So it's, this is every, and you said every year, not just like right every now. Every year. Every year people right. book that much. Every year. 
in jail. So, you know, there's, there's jail, right, in your state, in your county, and then there's the prison system. You know, it's all very complicated. But the stats are really saying a lot of people who are imprisoned didn't commit violent offenses. You know, there's lots of people in for drug offenses, yeah. for cannabis, especially. Um, you know, isn't it for, crazy that people are there in prison for cannabis, and then other people are wearing three-piece suits, selling it in the same breath in the same country? Yes, it's it. It makes me so angry, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because uh, there's there's a green rush, really, what's been happening, and. Um, you know, in speaking to someone who was uh, incarcerated in the past, they were telling me how they could see the TV with the states uh, legalizing cannabis while they're behind bars oh. for the plant. You know, how I mean, frustrating would that be? You know, mm-hmm. and I was telling you a little bit about this, like in different states are different rules. You know, mm-hmm. here in our state, you get caught with marijuana. You don't have any license or anything like that. You're you can go to jail and you can definitely uh, potentially go to prison. Right. You go to Colorado, you get a high five from the police officers. I, you know, yeah. it's just a weird thing to live in the same country and have different rules in different areas. Yeah, it doesn't, it's, it's certainly not fair, that's for sure. And we definitely need a change. And, you know, so with the premise of this show, I really wanted to talk about how so many people are incarcerated that just the threat of, of prison for very minor things sometimes, like, oh, I didn't have enough money to renew my tags or my car insurance and when they stopped me I still didn't have the money so then I got stopped again and now I'm facing giant fines and or some prison time right they can't pay those fines and next thing you know they're having to go to prison because they can't afford to do anything you know to do the pay these things what's crazy Wendy uh you look on the other side we're paying for that we pay for that you and I and everyone else pays for people to go to prison Mm -hmm. um I'd rather just pay her bill. Like, let's play, let's, right. let's pay her tags, you know? Right. Like, we're, we're talking I, I about, like... you know, our neighbors, our friends, yeah. hum- humanity, right? And the fact that we have so many people incarcerated, you know, it all boils down to money. Of uh, course. Everything you know. does in this country, right? Mm-hmm. And so here we are with what I think is a health crisis because of this situation. Um, you know, I, I think... You know, when we talk about uh, conditions in prison, you know, we're in a pandemic right now. What's happened with the prisons and COVID-19? You know, when uh, apart from that, you know, the food that's served in the prison is mostly processed food that uh, is not healthy. Like only unless you're a senator and get arrested, you're not going to get nice food. You know, like um, I follow this guy on TikTok that actually makes prison food. And it's everything, something really incredible, really um, um, inventive for what they do and how they do stuff. Everything from tamales made with uh, hot Cheetos and uh, (laughs) cheese Whiz and all sorts of uh, desserts and Uh drinks and stuff like that. He does, he goes on his TikTok and uh, shows what he made, what he used to make in prison. He's not in prison anymore, but Uh uh, what he used to make. And uh, it's pretty amazing and pretty incredible the way that people adapt uh, right. even in prison for prison life and, and yeah it's not good for their health it's not good for anyone's health right but at least he made it tried to find a way to make it interesting and fun I guess exactly. and uh, you know but you know when you think about all of that um, you know the conditions themselves the fact that people adapt to it 
makes it really hard for them when they come out of prison, when they're on the exactly. outside. Yeah, you know, you're making and, that adaptation and then you have to go back to regular life and that's that can be difficult. Right. And, you know, the, the recidivism rate or the return to prison is like 50% of people end up back in. And this it's, it's also a really complicated thing. We talk about it a little later in the panel discussion because the Human Solution International is creating a program of mentors to help people when they are released from prison to be successful, um, an ongoing program of mentorship, which, you know, the, the system doesn't provide, you know. <laughs> they just take you in like, uh, you know, like uh, it's sort of like your pet gets caught off the streets or something. They, they just take you in, put you in jail, and then release you when your time is done. And sometimes mm-hmm. um, it's crazy, Wendy, that sometimes people that are violent offenders get out early uh, right. And some people that are are not violent offenders are there under the jail for a long time. And it just mm-hmm. comes down to really what state you're in, what judge you're in front of, what panel, what all these different things that people do to um, to get out of their sentences. And um, right. it's just it's crazy and it's chaotic. And it I is. think there's a reason why it is. Um, right. They make and a lot it, of money off of making it chaotic. Right. For sure. And and again, it just adds to that stress for people in their day to day lives. So many people are in prison. Is it going to be me next? What is that going to be like? Right. And then and not the, only, not the only that fear. One person, yeah. Not only that one person, but the whole family, you know, right. got to think about, you know, if someone that is messing up a little bit or, uh, you know, is not on the right path, you know, mom, dad, all the kids, all the, you know, I have family. Uh, a family member, Wendy, that a couple actually have been experienced the prison system, and so it is it's stress on everyone, the whole family. Mm-hmm. Right, right, and so that adds to this, you know, idea of unfortunately this health crisis, the fight or flight. There's already so much trauma in our world, and this is just, you know, intense trauma in many cases. I mean, I was reading that um, eighty thousand women and men per year are sexually assaulted in prisons you know you know they have that you know it it's it's a rumor or a fact if you will that when you go to prison these are the things that you experience you know that's sort of just uh the stigma that's attached that oh well you know when you go to prison you get sexually abused like that Mm -hmm. is everyone knows that it's a known thing and that's that's when it gets really scary especially as you talked Mm -hmm. about you don't want to go uh, so all those even mental health crises could be even before you even make it or get arrested even right. so experience right. this you know right and then uh, you know we talked a little bit about the conditions there and the food and the but also you know ventilation systems like there's just it's not a place that that uh, well let's just say it it's dehumanizing you know for sure and it's incredibly disappointing that in the land of the free, that we have the most imprisoned. And and it is, I think it really does come down to financial reasons, people's jobs, um, mm-hmm. it employs, you know, you think about the prison system, it employs all those prison guards, all the judges, all the lawyers and everyone that is in there, the staff, those people make money and pay their bills by imprisoning other people. Mm-hmm. And uh, you got to start thinking about like, where, where do we stop? Where does it stop? Right. Are we all going to be in prison one day? I, it kind of feels like it, you know? Yeah, it's um, frightening, it's you know, it's frightening. Um, but I'm really glad uh, that the Human Solution International is, uh, has this project to help people when they come out. So hopefully they won't go back and they're doing so much education. So coming up next, 
I will be interviewing a panel from that organization. I went to the dispensary and I'm like, this is so great, you know? And I give them my green for the green. I'm so excited and confused <laughs> because people who do that out in the street, they, they're still getting arrested. They're handing their green for green and, and they're still getting arrested or they're still in prison even though I can walk into this place. Joe Grumbine was formerly incarcerated for the cannabis plant on more than one occasion. He is the founder of the Human Solution International and the CEO of Willow Creek Springs. Welcome back to the show, Joe. Hey, Wendy. Glad to be here. Wonderful. Also joining me is Jackie Barnett. Jackie is a medicine woman who travels the world to spread love and healing and acts as a catalyst in her community for Indigenous restitution and fair human rights for all. She is a volunteer with the Human Solution International as well. Welcome to the show, Jackie. Thank you, Wendy. Nice to see you. You too, thank you. Also joining me is Craig Cecil. He was also formerly incarcerated for the cannabis plant and now works to help those he left behind and is currently working with the Human Solution International on the Community Reentry Program. Welcome to the show, Craig. Oh, welcome again, Wendy. Yes. And last but not least, Candace Dyer is also joining us. She is a member of the Board of Directors for the Human Solution International and founder of the Human Solution International Texas Chapter. She's also the creator and host of Canna Corner, and of course, the creator and host of Mile High News right here on the Wendy Love Edge Show. Welcome, Candice. Hey, everyone. I'm so glad that you're all here. This is really exciting and a really important topic. Uh, so today we're talking about how the prison complex kind of affects all of our health and wellness. And uh, my first question is a little bit lengthy, if you can bear with me. Um, and, uh, and here's the question. The U.S. incarcerates uh, more human beings, both in absolute numbers and percent of population than any nation in the world. This disproportionately affects marginalized populations like the poor, black and brown individuals, and individuals with disabilities. In addition, those who have been incarcerated face higher risk of chronic health conditions while confined and after release, higher suicide rates, and more. Prison itself, with poor sanitation, ventilation, and food, creates public health issues. After release, previously incarcerated individuals have higher mortality rates. In fact, a 2015 study showed that for each year of incarceration, a human being loses two years of their life. It seems to me that the prison complex here in the US is creating a massive public health crisis. What are your thoughts about all this, Joe Grumbine? Well, I, I completely agree with that premise. And um, there's so much to talk about. I, I guess I have to peel it away to a, a single point of view. But when you look at uh, trauma, which anybody who is involved in the criminal justice system is going to endure simply just from being arrested all the way through going processing through the court system and 
uh, being incarcerated even for a short period of time, uh, there's a trauma that affects the human spirit because it's it's such a it's such a alien uh, environment. It's it's something that isn't right, and so it resonates in a really uh, dissonant way. So it starts to disrupt. Um, you know, you from the inside out, almost like a microwave cooking you like a potato. And I think what happens is, is the, the longer somebody's exposed to it, whether it's like in my case where I, I was in and out of it for over six years, um, but fortunately I never did hard time and um, my, my incarceration taste was a number of times, but not a huge amount of time. But what happens is the longer you're there, the more toxic it is, and it's got an accumulative effect. Um, and, and just simply, like you said, being in a place where there's, there's the nutrition isn't present, the ability to sleep isn't present, the ability to even relax, like you can't let your guard down when you're incarcerated because at any second, something could happen and might and probably will. And whether it's coming from a guard or somebody next to you or some unknown, who knows, um, you're, you're on a sense of high alert all the time. And, and the cost of that, the cortisol levels being constantly taxed, I believe is, is hugely detrimental to our immune system. Great points. Um, all of it so important. Jackie, do you have any thoughts about this? Is a health crisis being created because of all of these points that we're talking about? What are your thoughts? I was reflecting as Joe was speaking about my history and it started in Orange County in the early 90s. I started working at the motels around Disneyland and the disparity there was so insane. The cops would show up and they would ask me, "Do your does your mom know you work here? Do your parents know you work here? Because of what we witnessed, you know, at that time, you have this clash of, you know, just like local trauma mixed with the tourists and you're trying to hide them from each other. Like, don't send the tourists down this row of rooms, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, keep them up front. And this week is supposed to be the week to remember where we're trying to abolish this whole system. And a part, the biggest part of this is the legalization, the full legalization. A big country just uh, legalized today, I heard. So the ball is rolling and we can't get there until this all comes together at the same time. So we're like rolling into home base here. Craig, what are your thoughts about this? As you know, I look at it from a different perspective. In 2002, I was sentenced to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole and spent the next 19 years until Actually, a year ago, uh, January 20th, when I was released from, from prison. But I served that time in, the, uh, in our nation's uh, high-security federal prisons. I can't tell you how many people I saw killed. I was actually part of ordering some of them to be killed, just because that's the nature of, of survival in those kind of environments. Mm -hmm. So there is no such thing as relaxing. There is no such thing as, you know, not worrying what's behind you and that. So federal prison is, you know, stressful. It, it's even if you're sitting down, just waiting for the end of your sentence, it's very stressful knowing that somebody with a mental illness could attack you any minute. Mm -hmm. 
a, an officer with a mental illness, you know, the, right. those kind of places are full of those. Right. Um, yeah. And as, as Joe was talking about, just the lengthy fight or flight that you're in for all those years, if, if none of these other factors were true, but except that would be enough to take years off your life and, and make you unwell. Absolutely. I'm 62 years now, 62 years old. The life expectancy for a prisoner is up to 72 years. And surprisingly, you know, with my 19 years in prison and with all the health disorders I'm suffering right now from the lack of medical care throughout those 19 years in prison, mm -hmm. I'm going to be lucky to make it to that 72 years old. Well, so, yes, you know, I see every day, you know, what happens to uh, people in prison is it truly does detract not only from uh, their quality of life in the prison, but their lifespan itself. Yeah, for some reason in this country, it seems like, you know, you're you're given a sentence, you serve time, and somehow that equals abuse, in, in my opinion. Uh, what are your thoughts about that, Candace? We end up putting these nonviolent criminals in prison with these violent criminals and turning them into violent criminals and then releasing them. And there's got to be a change. There's got to be, you know, a, a separation between the nonviolent uh, weed or traffic offender, you know what I mean? And the murderer, rapist person that we all, you know, believe deserve to be in there. But mm -hmm. um, people don't understand that people are going in there for little bitty things and coming out with horrible issues and not even getting insulin basic human right need not right even basic medical needs it seems are just not addressed you know poor food poor ventilation you know we just have been in the midst of this pandemic all this time when i think about people all in together um incarcerated it just you know it seems inhumane at this point in time particularly right. for people who are not violent you know um so I'm going to move on to the next question, and it, it's got to do with women. Uh, when I was looking up statistics, I was just actually, it made me cry, to be quite honest, uh, because uh, one third of the female prisoners in the world that are incarcerated right now are in the U.S., one third of all female prisoners in the world. Women are more likely to enter incarceration if they have a history of trauma and mental health conditions. 86% of women in prison have experienced sexual violence. What are your thoughts, Joe? I'm gonna to turn to you first. Um, you know, how does this affect our families, our family unit? You know, the, the woman is often the center of the family and yet one third of the female prisoners in the world in the US are incarcerated. What are your thoughts about this? When you look at inner cities, um, in places where the, the incarcerated population is higher, um, just probably just because the amount of people is higher, but certainly those numbers go up, you start looking at a cycle that starts mm -hmm. to happen. And I think that that's the biggest element of it. So now here we are five generations later, what do we have? We have, we have generations of families that way because you grow up uh, without parents, what are the odds that you're going to have uh, have a family without without parents? It's pretty right. high. 
Right. Or even that modeling of family, you know, it's, it's, you know, taken away. Um, right. And, you know, I hear people speak a lot about uh, fathers being pulled from the family, but I haven't heard a lot about this side of it um, because the women's prison population has been going up too, you know, Candace, what are your thoughts? Um, it, well, okay, so the whole family dynamic is being ripped apart, and it's all for nonviolent issues. And when we talk about a family being ripped apart, we talk about the mom who makes dinner and cares for the kids and tends to their boo-boos, and the dad who works his butt off, you know, in some cases, the mom that works their butt off trying to mm -hmm. make their family live. We take these people because of a plant or any nonviolent crime and put them in jail. And then we say the statistics for kids not doing good with mm. dads that are missing. And we, we say, but they're all in the prison system. Mm -hmm. They're missing because they're in the prison system for nonviolent issues. Right. Like, it just, yeah, it wow. makes absolutely no sense. You know, when we talk about the severity of the crime and then just the, the complete damage to the family unit, the children suffer. And, uh, you know, that's really, you know, what we're talking about and what we're hoping to make some change with. Um, so um, my final question is, is about recidivism, which, which uh, we brought up a little bit earlier. Um, once an individual has been incarcerated, the likelihood they'll return is 50% uh, nationwide, 50%. Two out of three people are rearrested within three years of, uh, of be becoming free. And so the Human Solution International has a project uh, to mentor people and help them to be successful in their freedom. And I want to talk about that now, because certainly if people are going to get out, the last thing we want is for them to return and continue this cycle. So, uh, Joe, tell us, uh, tell us your thoughts about this and, and why you wanted to start this program and what your hopes are for it. Well, um, I think that prison is supposed to be a temporary situation, even in the best of, of examples. So um, for people who are uh, unwilling or unable to exist in a community in a way that's not harmful to it, well, that's where prisons come in to keep them separate. But the idea was never really uh, as a permanent situation. And most importantly, it would make no sense at all if you went out and then had to come back. That, that, that's completely contrary to any sense. Um, and so I think what happens though is I always equated it to what uh, an, an, an ant trap. There's a, a creature called an ant lion in it and it digs a hole in the sand and it lures these ants to come down and then they hit a certain spot and they slide on down and he just opens up his mouth and eats them. <laughs> and and I, if you spend time in a court, it's kind of like that. It's like a, a vacuum cleaner. It just sucks them in, sucks them in. Once you get into that system, it's harder and harder to get out. Mm -hmm. So what we have done, and, and Craig's been a huge part of understanding the need because of his direct experience with it, is we're, we created a safety net, and it's not just a financial safety net, but it's a real human being safety net mm -hmm. that says, all right, 
you're going to be coming out or hopefully we get to talk to you before you come out. But if not, you just got out. Um, you know, what do you know? What do you have? Um, do you have a plan? Do you have anything going on? Because most of the time people come out, they don't have anybody to help guide them. We're, we're creating a system where there's a, a liaison, a, a, a buffer zone of, of people who have experienced both sides. And we can kind of um, translate what the new world is like mm-hmm. a little bit, um, a diagnose or triage um, immediate needs, provide resources. And I think that uh, that in it of itself, I think, is going to be huge. As long as we have a willing participant, somebody who doesn't want to go back in, mm-hmm, uh, right. or mm-hmm. if you have a, a, a mental illness or, or a, a situation that could be treated, uh, that's, a, I think, another huge reason why you have recidivism, because we have a huge amount of people that are incarcerated that have mental illness issues that mm-hmm. are not correctly treated. So I think just being able to identify um, potential problems and at least have some kind of resources to get them on the right path and provide some of the most immediate needs um, so they don't fall into that ant trap right away and you'd have nice. to make a series of bad choices to go back. Right it seems like since you were uh, through your show Cup of Joe you had several people um, that you would interview and you uh, you yourself experienced incarceration so it seems like you really understand the problem um, and and can formulate a program that will really put people on the track to to not re- return and stop adding to that statistic um, so Jackie uh, you uh, have been really involved in developing this program. Um, What are your thoughts about it and why did you want to get involved? Uh, We have been working on the great awakening in our society for the last, since 2017, actually every like bomb started going off. And so innately as sovereign beings, we're not criminals. So we have been under this evil system that had us all convinced that we were some kind of criminal and that we belonged in there. And so it's just going around waking people up, telling them you've been under this evil spell. We're trying to get everyone out and what can we do to do this? And so it's on a supernatural level now. (laughs) And so just waking everyone up out of a slavery system has been very hard but I love how we always end on hope and that we see the need and it's so uh, effective now and, and the networks that we have and just watching it come to life is very amazing. Yeah, for sure. Um, Craig, what are your thoughts about the community reentry program and your involvement and uh, what, do you, what would you like to see happen? Again, uh, before my arrest, uh, my business, I used to hire people who were in the halfway house to help them, you know, learn how to have a job and to get them some money in their pocket and all that to help them in their reentry. And and I really thought I I had an understanding of Mm reentry. That was until a year ago when I started living reentry. And it's amazing the difference. I, I realize now that I had no understanding and really people at large don't have an understanding. Mm-hmm. Imagine getting out of prison and I didn't even recognize money. I had to really sit down and read the paper money to figure out what it was. 
especially the coins. <laughs> right, that's a lot of change. I, mean, I never thought about that. So many things have changed in 20 years, including the money, <laughs> right? And like I said, when we drove out the front gate of the prison, my daughter handed me a flat thing that I just put in my lap. She said, well, go ahead and talk. And I said, we are talking. And she pointed, <laughs> you know, no, talk, talk into that. I had no idea a flat thing could be a, which was an iPhone. Right. I, I had no idea that that would be a telephone. You know, a telephone didn't look like that. So your feeling is this is really essential, what's being created. It's kind essentially of- to keep people from going back to prison. The reason why two-thirds of people go back to prison is they really have no other option. Um, because they, they can't make a living. They can't, you know, get housing. They can't, you know, even provide clothing for themselves. Right. So, unfortunately, most times, in one way or another, they return to crime or they, they just don't act the way they should to survive on parole or, or you know, the equivalent. And that's why they end up going back to prison. Right. And I've seen countless people leave prison and come back. Right. So you saw it firsthand. And this uh, program that we're all creating is really that safety net that's needed. Um, do you have anything you'd like to add, Candace? Yes, exactly. When you said safety net, I picture firefighter or, you know, firefighters with that net catching mm-hmm. the people jumping out the window, except we've got that net. And we're catching the people that are being thrown out on their ass after being slave labored and treated badly and come out with PTSD. And so it's so important. People don't realize they come out on probation and parole sometimes. Both those places expect money every time you go in. Well, he's got to get a car to make sure he can get back and forth to those places so that he can be there on time. If he's somebody who can't get a job because he doesn't have a driver's license yet, so he has to get all that. So we would be helping in that case, get him his driver's license, his ID, his all that stuff so that he can get a job and then pay these dues. But see, this is why people go back because all this is very overwhelming, especially mm-hmm. to a person with PTSD. And I think we've answered the question, is a health crisis being created in every way, really, <laughs> everything we talked about? Um and so I'm, I'm so excited to be a part of this, to work with all of you, your amazing people who are really interested in humanity. When we talk about all of this stuff, what comes to my mind is this prison system dehumanizes people. And that's part of the problem with the stigma as well. You know, people in communities, like we said in the beginning, someone said, Oh, well, they deserve to be there because they committed a crime, you know. Um, so we changing that that mindset, I think, is also part of this community reentry, educating the public about it. And uh, thank you all for all of the hard work that you're doing. Joe, if you could give uh, the links uh, for people to the website, the organization, if they want to get involved, if they want to donate, they want to learn more, uh, where should they go? We've entered the 21st century. We've got a great little website. Uh, we're connected to social media, and it's a thsintl.org. And uh, again, thsintl.org. And from there, there's all the links. But you can hashtag the Human Solution International, and it'll show up uh, a number of social media links, things like that. Um, through those, it's a pretty simple 
uh, task to reach out and, uh, and, and let us know that you want to help. Uh, volunteering, time, talent, treasure, any resource that, that could be useful, we have a use for it. And uh, we can put your yours to good use. Excellent. Thank you all so much for joining me. Teddy here with your food is medicine. This episode, we are talking about plant prisoners. This means people doing federal time for this wonderful plant we call cannabis. We are also talking about the health that are in our federal prisons. And I really don't think that we can stay healthy and keep our immune systems up with the food that the federal prisons feed their prisoners. For breakfast, they are offered milk, a Danish, cereal, hot or cold. And then the other two meals, they are offered things like hot dogs, burritos, tacos, hamburgers, fish patties, lasagna, for example. And they get water and a mixed flavored drink. So they are only offered milk in the morning. And then for the other three, for all three meals, they are offered water and flavored drink. There is no way that you can stay healthy with all this processed food and all this sugar that they are having our prisoners digest. For more information on Food is Medicine, please feel free to contact me at Learn From Teddy on Facebook. Thank you. Well, it was really my honor to sit and chat with Joe Grumbine and the rest of the people from The Human Solution. I've been working on that project with them, uh, the mentoring and community reentry and it, it brings a lot of hope, um, but the best thing would be to end cannabis prohibition yes. and no one else in jail for a plant. Please. <laughs> and right. by the way, Miss Teddy is just spectacular. If you follow her on any TikToks or Instagrams, you know, she does a <laughs> lot of making fun of me and it is epic <laughs> every time uh, we've done these little promos for our show. It's uh-huh. been hilarious. So shout out to Miss Teddy. She's She's absolutely hilarious. She really is. Um, sometimes unexpected uh, humor too. So yeah, definitely take a look at her TikTok. I love oh, what yeah. she's doing with your um, transitions. <laughs> it's <laughs> epic. You got to see some of those and definitely follow her on TikTok. It's it's worth the follow for sure. For sure. Uh, so what have you been watching? You know, you uh, we always ask this on, on the weekly and I make it a point to try to watch something. I, I was watching a little bit of... Uh, a newer, older movie, the newer Jumanji, number one, the first one. Uh-huh. But I wanted to bring up a scary movie that is not, it's supposed to be a scary comedy. And you probably remember way back in the day, Scream. Uh, <laughs> they have a brand new one out. You're talking to someone who like avoids scary, like it's the plague. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't want scary in your life at all. It's like not even movies. It's <laughs> Right. I really try. Um, but so I don't know much about Scream. Like I saw Scream and that there's that mask, right? So, uh, yes. And I yes. walked the other way. Like, and the call like, is coming from inside the house, that kind of thing. <laughs> yes. What, what made you scared of movies? Let's back this up, Wendy. What made you like, did you watch a scary movie when you were when you were a kid like psycho or something and lost it or what happened well what happened was you're gonna find this (laughs) (laughs) I was um I was a young I don't know how old I was it was before I was a teenager though and uh right around there and um I saw um I watched Bambi 
and <laughs> that frightening movie and something about the fire and like people like them dying it just was like I mean I sobbed about it Aww. and and my mother said to me I don't think you should ever watch anything scary because this really was not that scary and it's you know the very beginning of the movie too <laughs> like the very beginning <laughs> And when your mom says something like that to you, like if you really look up to your mom and love your mom, you know, I, I just took it to heart. And I think about that because I probably miss some really quality films that have- You definitely have. Scary you definitely have. And some of them are, but not that funny. That's hilarious that your mom did that. My mom told me not to get tattoos because they were, you know, to do that. And I don't have any tattoos. Well, see, so you, you know? understand, you know, except, what your mom says, yeah, you know. Yeah, my mom says, and I'm pretty good at following that stuff, except for like just a couple of years ago, she looked at me when we were talking, having this discussion. She goes, why don't you have any tattoos? <laughs> oh, my mom. She kind of forgot. <laughs> she was just actually genuinely, you know, confused as why I didn't have a tattoo. I was like, you told me. Right, but, uh, right. I'm, I'm encouraging you. It's a little comedy, a little bit of both. You know, that's what it is, a little bit of the thrill. It's not like Bambi's dying. It's that annoying teenager, you know? Oh, okay. Different. That's a little different. You know, yeah. it's not Bambi's dad, sorry. It's not that or mom or whatever, whoever died. Right. I forgot who died. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's more of a, it's more funny. And I think that this new cast is the older cast. Some of the uh, same cast is coming back from the original uh -huh. and highly recommend it. Highly. Okay. It. I will it check it out. Line. One bud, one bud. All right. Well, I love comedies, like comedies that actually make you laugh. You know, this yes. nowadays, those are hard to find, right? So maybe the combination, I'll enjoy it and we'll we'll go from there. Angela got me to watch a couple of really old horror films that it turns it out- scarier sometimes. Well, this really wasn't, you know, The Shining, it's really not that oh, yeah. scary, you know, but at the time when they came out, I never would, you know, I didn't see them. I, I never would. Have. Right. And they make yeah. those previews and all that stuff so scary, too. They do. You know, they kind of get into it. It's more of a guy loosening his mind than anything, really. Right. But some of these other ones, yeah, I can understand, like, there are some scary movies out there that, you <laughs> there know, are. that you definitely want to avoid. But Yeah, I don't probably... like, the, I don't like the gory, you know. Uh, so you know a thriller i don't mind as much but when it gets really gory I'm, like some jasons or freddies you're not yeah i'm gonna shut down i'm, I'm done <laughs> with that <laughs> do you hide your eyes or you just run out of the room which one <laughs> i close my eyes close your eyes all right. yes if i'm in Take a theater the like no one would know you know that <laughs> my eyes oh, are closed <laughs> yeah you're just closing your eyes i'm watching i'm watching <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, maybe we we'll watch a scary movie sometimes and, and maybe just get some video of you watching the whole thing. That might be. Might oh, be there you go. Yes, it'll be very healing. And, uh, you know, my mother also told me not to get any tattoos and I have three. So, oh. you know, I'm not sure why the statement about Bambi, you know, just went right into Stop my heart. <laughs> you know, and I saw the same thing. And now I realize that it's not just the, that my mom told me about the tattoos is that I'm so fickle and indecisive. Right. I don't know if uh, every day I'd be some change, you know, I'd be the guy with the, uh, with the barbed wire around his arm, you know, and the, uh, the tribal <laughs> tattoo, I'd be that guy because right. I have no idea what I want for a you tattoo can't... on my life, but for the, the rest of my life, which I, mm -hmm. I think that's what keeps me from doing it. Right. Well, that's very true. You're going to have to look at it. Unless it's somewhere where you don't have to look at it, I guess. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> on my face. I'm gonna go 
Just go right here. There you right. go. <laughs> We've solved the problem. <laughs> well, coming up next, Dr. Brian Nickel will pair a cannabis strain with our musical guest. I'm Dr. Brian Nickel, your cannabis expert for CannabisExpertMD.com with a music and cannabis pairing for the Wendy Love Edge Show. Wendy's musical guest this week is Ari Charbonneau from Boston, Massachusetts. Ari has more than 25 releases under her belt on Bandcamp. I listened to Crystal Clear off the last year's Whisper album. Um, it's very, very nice recorded song, not overly produced. Uh, just Ari and the acoustic guitar with uh, overlay backup vocals on top of that, singing about the point in our lives where we see things for what they really are. For this, I was looking for a strain that might help a little bit with the, the anxiety experience as you see things as they really are and uh, help give you some optimism for the future. I selected based on the cannabinoid and terpene profiles available to me, as I always do, Natural State Medicinal Sour Tangy. Sour Tangy is a potent strain at 18.5% THC. A little bit of trace CBD is present. Looking at the terpene levels, it's very potent at 2.58%. It is terpenaline dominant at 0.73%. Next up is beta-caryophyllin, about an equal 0.61%. And a very potent myrcene component at 0.56%. Linalool, limonene, and hemoline, they're kind of tied up. They're right at about 0.16% to 0.22%. And pinene makes a showing at 0.08%. The terpenaline is going to give you a nice, relaxing, chill base. Should help with some of the uh, anxiety you may feel as you see things as they really are. The beta-caryophyllin, that's going to help with any depressive symptoms you might be having. Now, the myrcene, it's, again, going to give you kind of a little quick cerebral high as it aids the THC effect before it settles in to give you a nice kind of relaxing base with the terpenaline. The linalool and linalene, they come in to give a bit of a mood lift, help with anxiety, and give a nice relaxing sedating base. Uh, the little bit of pinene showing in there, it might give you just a little bit of energy and focus. It's not in a high enough percentage relative to the other terpenes to really worry about anxiety in most patients that are so disposed. Now, this should be just the ticket to take the edge off of seeing things crystal clear and plotting your new course for the future. For more information on all things medical cannabis, have a look at us at CanvasExpertMD.com. We're also available on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter under CanvasExpertMD. Now, I present to you Ari Charbonneau with Crystal Clear. Get one thing straight. Got no time to waste. Got no time to waste. Yeah, and when it all went crystal clear, all my regrets and fears up in my rearview mirror. When it all go wrong, when it all went crystal clear, a part of everything, part of the atmosphere. When it all go wrong, when it all go, all go wrong. Let it all go wrong Yeah, so I wanna ride just like a wave Crashing endlessly Into eternity Feel me? I wanna see just crystal clear Just gazing endlessly Into infinity It's all a part of me Don't believe in fate 
This is Mile High News on the Wendy Love Ed Show, and I'm your host, Candace Dyer. Today's cannabis news is about Louisiana Senate candidate Gary Chambers. He lit up the internet last week with a campaign ad focused on one issue, the injustice of nonviolent cannabis arrest. I, for one, give this man a standing ovation. It's a breath of fresh air to see a candidate finally take a bold stand against cannabis prohibition. It affects so many people, not just the offender, but their kids, spouses, and family members. We have to look at the long-term effects of the families who have been affected by this. Cannabis has never killed anyone, yet the effects of cannabis prohibition have. We put these nonviolent people in prison where they are denied medical attention. That's right. There are people in prison who are not given their life-saving medicine, insulin, and they need that to survive. That's just one example. We are taking nonviolent people and putting them directly into the middle of a war. Yes, a war. Prison has its own set of rules. The inmates are ones who make them and not the guards. In a lot of cases, the guards help the inmates enforce these rules, or they look away and don't do nothing about it. They are forced to either submit to these rules or be punished by abuse or torture. An estimated 4.0% of state and federal prison inmates and 3.2% of state jail inmates reported experiencing one or more incidents of sexual victimization, 
by another inmate or staff member. We don't feed these inmates properly. Dogs eat better than they do. In cold climates, they don't turn up the heat, and in warm climates, they don't turn on the AC, and they're forced to work slave labor. Speaking of slave labor, the inmates are made to work long hours that on the outside would be illegal, but they're paid only pennies for it. I know many of you are shaking your heads and saying they're criminals. They belong there. They deserve this treatment. Broader tax evasion? How many of you have thought about cheating on your taxes? Or what if you could? Bam! You just got five years in prison. How many of you have had a few drinks at the park or in your front yard with your buddies? Bam! If you've been caught more than once, that's 180 days in jail for public intoxication. How many of you have taken a prescription med your doctor gave you that you take daily and you don't really think affect the way you drive? Bam! You just got two years in prison. How many of you have given or taken a prescription medication that wasn't yours? Bam! You are now a drug dealer or a consumer and you could get 1 to 20 years in prison. The average American breaks at least three federal laws a day unknowingly. The point is that this could be you. Do you think you could handle life behind bars? Because right now, there are still people in prison for life for a plant. If you ask me, I wish more candidates like Gary Chambers would speak up and help fight this cause. To me, he's a hero. We have to make a change and undo all the wrong done by cannabis prohibition. With the amount of legal dispensaries, we are making billions of dollars and we need to release all cannabis inmates now. The damage has been done by prohibition and it will never be fixed fully, but at least we can start the healing process. Here are a few of the statistics that were being read as he was doing his campaign message. Every 37 seconds, someone is arrested for possession of cannabis. Since 2010, police have arrested an estimated 7.3 million Americans for violating cannabis laws, over half of all drug arrests. African Americans are four times more likely to be arrested for cannabis laws than white people. States waste $3.7 billion enforcing cannabis laws every year. Most of the people police are arresting aren't dealers, but rather people with small amounts of pot, just like me. This has been a Mile High News Report on the Wendy Love Ed Show, and I'm your host, Candace Dyer. Peace. Stay lit, everyone. Well, it's been a great show. Do you have any final thoughts about prisons, health, and wellness? 
You know, uh, we, we know this. I think everyone knows that the prison system has got some flaws, to say the least. Mm -hmm. And we got we to gotta really not be out of sight, out of mind with the people that are out of prison. I think that we need to really have some empathy with people that are going through it. And thinking about these people that are locked up that are going through this stuff, if it was you having some empathy and, and really knowing that this system is really flawed and doing something about it. Um, we definitely have some work to do. I hope more people will be interested in getting involved with the Human Solution International and other organizations that are actually doing something about this very huge and complicated problem. Well, Wendy, I'm going to go uh, try these um, hot Cheeto tamales. I, I saw the recipe this guy did for all these prison recipes, and I'm I'm starving. You're inspired. I, I, I want to get some cheese Whiz, some Cheetos. I'm going to make some of this food. He does an excellent job. I, I'm going to share that. We got to share a link to this guy because I he's think absolutely so. amazing with the prison food. This dude I think so. A you know, you know, <laughs> you know, a little known fact about me, my one of my guilty pleasures is Cheetos. So I might have to take a look at that. I never Regular thought Cheeto, I'd be right? saying that here. Or a puffy Cheeto? Oh, puffy for sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good. Same. <laughs> we Baked can still puffy. be friends. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Baked puffy, white cheddar, the best, those natural ones. Uh -huh. Oh, I love those. I've not tried them. They're so addictive. They are. They're like a little better for you, you know. A yes, little just a little bit. They're natural. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so is arsenic. Oh no, yeah, that's, <laughs> right. that's true. Wendy Love Edge will always give us a stoner tip at the end of the show. You know, like, listen, you're going to need to eat those puffy Cheetos. <laughs> I love it, Wendy. I love it. Just balance it out with, you know, some vegetables or a yes. big glass of water. There you go. <laughs> well, have a great week, everyone. Bye. The Wendy Love Edge Show is sponsored in part by. Karis Healthcare, The Relevant App, Lit Premium Smoking Supplies, 131 Inclusion Gallery, Irie Bliss Wellness, Lindsay Camp, and Synergy One Lending. <laughs>